off. Let me tell you, when I was reading this book, I actually didn't get past the first page for like a good 10 minutes because I was laughing so hard at the data page mm-hmm. from Charles Xavier writing his notes about doing this mental surgery on Vulcan and how he's talking about, you know, I would never alter anybody's memories. It's the ultimate mental violation. Never in the world would I do it. And then in parentheses, unless absolutely necessary. <laughs> and I'll make a level liar. <laughs> uh, and then it gets to the last one and he's like you know i'm not a therapist this has never been done before i don't even know if it's possible but i have 100 percent confidence i can do it and it's going to be done completely right and i was like this guy he's great uh but then we go- Back to another relaunch. We're your host. I am Maria Hill. Oh, okay. And I am Miles Morales, aka Spider Man. Hey, period. New books this week. Yeah, I think. Was it this week or last week? My bad, yeah, Miles. Ryan it was last week. <laughs> 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 it was last week. Go get it, y'all. <laughs> What's going on? How are you? Um, I'm doing all right. I have been like swamped with TV and things this weekend. Um, the Real Housewives of Miami debuted its new season this past Thursday, so I've been like watching that. It's very, good, very dramatic. Yes, Miami. The girls they like to have fun. There's the Cuban Barbie on there. Adriana's there. Marisol, <laughs> Gertie, all the girls. It's a good time. Everyone should watch it. Um, so that's been my reality TV front. And then on the other side, I've actually been also watching Dragon Age Absolution. Did you play Dragon Age? Oh, I love Dragon Age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you watched it yet, the show? I haven't watched the show yet. It's in my list to watch. I've been watching uh, Star Wars, um, uh, and that's next. <laughs> <laughs> um, Dragon Age Absolution was a hit. Like, the first episode, you watched The Legend of Perfect. Vox Machina on Amazon Prime, right? Yeah, so yeah, the first yeah. episode was kind of giving me a little bit of those vibes, and I was like, oh, they about to mess this up. But by the second episode, it really leaned into more of the uh, lore from the game. It looked really good. The designs were hot. It's like just action every single episode. It's only six episodes, so it doesn't take long to get through. But they were like fighting. The magic was looking good. I was like, yeah, this is hot. That's and I was awesome. Like, I can't wait for the game, too. So I've been all into the action. I know. That's a fantastic game. I love that game. Um <laughs> I actually know some people who worked on that shows. I mean, so that's kind of cool. Shout out to them. And they did well. They saved the budget up for the last episode. So episode six looks really good. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. I can't wait to tap into that. Um, Yeah, I need to watch more TV. I feel like I haven't watched too many of these uh, (laughs) shows. I'm like, I just finished um, Euphoria, actually. I finally watched the second season. (laughs) It is. (laughs) <laughs> I watched the first season while it was coming out, but I just finished the second season. Um, okay. well, great yeah. show. It does not need to come back for a third. It doesn't. Let's get you. <laughs> oh, and then also it was an exciting week because the Hades game trailer, Hades 2, excuse me, game trailer got released for the Game Awards. And anybody who knows me knows I was a huge fan of Hades 1. And like I think all the designs and everything of the game are fantastic. And that trailer for Hades 2, baby. I watched it. I saw like on one of the videos it had like ninety nine thousand views. I'm like that. I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure half of those from me. <laughs> the magic's powers and stuff look kind of cool. The animation looked awesome. Um, 
I, you know, I like girl the Bob doing the business. So and she, she has the business Bob. Now I won't lie, I would like maybe an alternate look that has a little bit of length, something okay. past the shoulders. But she was working her business Bob. I also really love the translucent arm design. I'm a big fan of that. I remember Cyborg had one when Christopher Priest did an Arc of Justice League. He gave him a new design, and he had that, and looked so good. It's one of my favorites. All right, that's awesome. All right, well, let's go ahead and get into the updates of the week. Um, We've got some fun stuff here. Um, First up, uh, a new Doctor Strange run has just been announced by Marvel. It will be written by um, Jed McKay, and the artist will be Pascal Ferry. And uh, it looks like they are going to be bringing Doctor Strange back. He's going to be reunited with Clea and Wong, and it looks like they're going to be trying to tap back into the, like, original psychedelic feel of uh dr strange so are you hyped for this i know you get down with the magic yes and no and you've been enjoying strange right i have been enjoying strange but i've been enjoying strange a lot because it's clear i've tried to read dr strange stories before that featured steven and i never really stuck with them i don't know he just doesn't click for me whatever reason but i will say Jed McKay writes him very well in the current run, and I do like the dynamic that he's featured with Clea and Steven, and it works. I like love. I'm into that, mm. and it's magic, so I mean, I'm still definitely going to tap in. I'm a little sad that Clea's run is ending so soon on her own, and she's got to go right back to being with Steven, but we move. Yeah, yeah. It's unfortunate to know that that girl always got to go back to her man, but... <sighs> Hopefully, hopefully it's at least going to give her some kind of agency there. <laughs> um, all right. Up next, over on the DC side, there has been, you know, um, a lot of changes. As The Rock once said, the hierarchy of the DC universe oh, is about to change. Poor and the it rock. did. <laughs> um, poor The Rock. So it looks like. It looks like Patty Jenkins, uh, Wonder Man, I'm sorry, no, that's moving forward. <laughs> Wonder Woman 3 uh, will not be moving forward uh, as DC Movies has started to kind of change some things around. There are rumors now that Black Adam 2 is not going to happen. Um, also that um, Aquaman 2 is going to be the last uh, thing coming out of the DCEU. And that after that, there are rumors that uh, they might want to keep Momoa around as Lobo uh, and do a different project with him there. It looks like there's going to be a lot of like restructuring happening now that um, James Gunn is over in DC Studios. Uh, it looks like some things are safe. Most things are not. <laughs> um, how are we feeling about this uh, shakeup? Are you, were you upset that there wasn't going to be a Wonder Woman 3? By Patty now. Jenkins? Now that we're being serious, I love this news, okay? I think this is exactly what we needed because it has been a mess for a very long time. And it's been very evident that a lot of people don't really know what's going on and they don't really know what to do and they don't really know what to make of what. And I think the best thing you can do is clear the deck and just start it over again. I have not hidden my distaste for Wonder Woman 84 and I have made it very clear that I would not watch another project that had both Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot attached to it ever again in my life. <laughs> that movie was terrible. <laughs> wow. And they were telling us that we should go like during COVID spikes to go into the theater and go watch it. Tragedy. Goodbye to them. 
let Jason Momoa do his final run as Aquaman, say goodbye to him. If they want to make him Lobo or do whatever, <laughs> sure, like, have fun. We don't need it. Clear the deck. Recast everybody. Let's go. Let us be done with the Snyderverse once and for all. You know, I feel like with James Gunn and Peter Safran running DC Studios now, uh, there had to be people who realized this was going to be a clean sweep of everything. You know, they've already tried within the DCEU trying to keep certain parts but still move all forward, you know. And again, the only thing that's been sticking was Harley. <laughs> so, like, She's know, the only she can't thing carry everything on her pigtails. Like, she gotta, like... Her <laughs> Viola Davis have tried their best. It's just not working. It's just not clicking. And that's okay. Sometimes it just mm-hmm. doesn't work. Now you've got DC on their hands and knees. And they're going to try again. If they I do it right. That Henry Cavill was going to come back as Superman. <laughs> but, but now that might not happen because they've said one man of still two may not happen. <laughs> there was this tweet on Twitter where it posted a um, video of Kim Kardashian when she was like calling one of her friends and they were like, this is Henry Cavill on the phone with Netflix. And it's Kim like, Everything's not great, but I really need to talk. And she just burst into tears. <laughs> you got to call and get that job back. <laughs> like, uh, but, you know, honestly, you know, he might be able to get it back. Because the reaction that we got after Liam got announced, I don't I might have ripped the contract up right then and there. This is true. Yeah, people were not feeling Liam coming in and take over that uh, Witcher 3 spot. So, you know, maybe Henry Care, because it don't look like he's getting that S on his chest anytime soon. I feel so bad for him, just like as a person, because he really wanted to do that, like, so badly. He really just wanted to be a good, happy Superman. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. That's all he wants to do. He was like, I just like, I just want to save people as Superman in a movie. Why can't y'all let me do that? <laughs> he has just not gotten the chance or the opportunity, and he has been on his hands and his knees begging and pleading and doing whatever he could, and he got that close. Well, I don't know. Who has The Rock been talking to to tell him to do all these things anyway? It looks like, um, you know, uh, The Rock and Cavill are actually managed by this guy named Danny Garcia, who also is, like, a big producer. So I think that's how... The Rock was able to be like, oh, I can get Superman to come back for Black Adam because Henry Cavill is managed by my same, like, we got the same agent, we got the same manager, and he's a part of this production deal, like, I can get him back over here. But I think, I think recently The Rock has realized that he don't have the same kind of pull he thought he did because they've definitely chopped uh, Black Adam to it looks like anyway. And, um, you know... We don't really know whose who's financial numbers are right, but it looked like the movie uh, Black Adam. <laughs> <laughs> one side one side said it lost $50 million. The Rock said, hold on, we cooked the books, and actually <laughs> we made $50 million. So I have a Who friend who's been is. kind of obsessed with the Black Adam um, numbers, and so every time an article was coming out about like how it was failing and it wasn't making money, he was sending it to me. And then the day The Rock posted his tweet, like, hold on, I know people are saying that we've been losing money. I sent it to him, and I was like, he's tired of you people, all right? He said his movie did well. And I don't know. Poor him. Poor Henry out of all people, though, because now he's truly out of a job. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate for a lot of the people who were in the Black Adam movie, too, because are they going to move forward with them now, oh, too? Oh, wow, man. Aldis. Yeah. That's why Aldis should have had his chest out. They covered him that up. Would've brought, that would have that brought the people into the seats. Like, come on now. They left money on the table. Or Aldis, you know, if you listen to this out there, if you're done with them over there, you can always come to the MCU and be Grim Reaper and, and Wonder yeah. Man. Well, there we go. Not that, but you can Just definitely saying. come to the MCU for sure. <laughs> We've got a spot for you over here in, in the Wonder Man Productions. Uh, <laughs> okay, and the check's clear over here, baby. They I'm don't say, you'll actually keep your job on this side. Unless you're and that was like kind of crazy. Oh yeah, but that was rough. He was he was wilder. <laughs> 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 All right, well that brings us to the end here. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. Cool. Welcome back for the comic section of the show. And I had a big poll list again this week. Shout out to that. Oh, yes. I Me know, right? Okay, period. <laughs> and you know, it's good because I was actually had a few books that I was going to recommend to you this week. So it helps that you're actually back in action. I'm happy now. Yes. Um, but getting right into it, I'm going to go ahead and mention some of the stories of the week. Um, sort of as RL number five came out, and that continues to be like a really fun insane book the art is really good i've i've said it multiple times i don't know anything about azrael but i am enjoying this it's a holy warrior vibe it's really good there's the beginning panel this girl she's getting vaulted into this suit of armor so her blood is just leaking out of it and that's something that happens the entire time that she's fighting people and i'm like this is crazy but i love it i know (laughs) it's good though um, Thor number 29 came out this week and I decided to tap back into that because uh, Kate is actually off writing or he's just not doing this arc and Taran Gronbeck is doing a guest arc now I have not been keeping up with Thor at all so I was very confused when I got into it but Runa the Black Valkyrie who popped up during King and Black was in there she has her own little demon whore that is apparently her dead Valkyrie sisters and she's like out there dating girls in New York. Her and Thor going on adventures together. It's very fun. Um, Avengers number 63 was out this week as well. You know, I've been saying that I am all in for Jason Aaron's Avengers. And this issue was no different. It is big. It is a masterclass in what a superhero comic is. Javier Garan's art is fantastic. This is the book I was going to recommend to you. I really think you should pick it up. You love superheroics. You love people fighting. I know none of the cast really speaks to you. Um, but Carol is there. She's blasting things. It's a good time. It's just big fight. It's big action. The Masters of Evil from the Austin Universe are there. It's cool. Everybody get it. I'm really sad to see this book coming to its end soon. But I'm ready and I'm tuned in. Um, Extreme X-Men number one came out as well. That was a flashback mini from Chris Claremont going through that team. I picked it up to see if Bessie was in it. She wasn't. Uh, Secret, <laughs> of- <laughs> Secret Invasion number was two. Was Neil? Neil was also not in it. So it actually takes place like towards the end of the book where after they just oh. rescued Rachel. Yeah. And so like it's Kitty and the story with Ogan, blah, 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 whatever. 
it was fun though if you like claremont um secret invasion number two came out this week as well um i've really been enjoying that that's where i got the name from this week maria hill was being the big boss dog she is doing the thing and trying to go against the scrolls uh black widow was the scroll if you remember when i was talking about the last issue there was an avenger they figured out it was her they fought her then we find out tony stark is also a scroll so like the scrolls are like playing games it's a big cat and mouse it's cool pick it up um Okay. Poison Ivy number seven was our last snapshot of the week. Again, a fantastic series. G. Willow Wilson is killing it. This is some great content. I actually think Sword of Azrael and Poison Ivy might be the best books at DC right now with action comics. Like, that's a trinity. Mm-hmm. You I hear great it. things about that Poison Ivy run. I don't really, like, tap into her like that because yeah. I don't really go for her. But, like, I see people talk about it a lot. Um, and obviously it got extended. So like, it's fantastic. It's really good. Mm-hmm. Really, really good stuff. Um, and I don't know, Margot Robbie made a comment recently about how she's been trying to get Poison Ivy, Harley Quinn content in the DCEU, and G. Willow Wilson tweeted her, and she was like, call me. I can help you do it. I can help you write it. And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> Connect the girls. <laughs> um, for those who are snapshots, let's go ahead and get to our main books of the week. And first up on our list is Fantastic Four, number two, from Ryan North and Ivan Cobella. And uh, uh, Coella, excuse me. And these are your people. So tell us what happened. Yes. So, um, you know, this uh, new run with Ryan North has been off to a pretty great start. It's been really peeling back the layers of all of the Fantastic Four, really breaking everybody apart. The last issue was uh, about the thing and um, like his character and uh, more with his wife, Alicia. But this issue was the test for me because it was about uh, my girls who storm and uh, read. And this issue really highlights like why I really like Sue. Not only are her powers really cool, but she is just really capable and really caring. And <laughs> I hate to admit it, but I'm also one who's very like, my man, my man, my man. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I really uh, actually really enjoyed this issue. Uh, the she is being narrated by Sue. She's writing a letter to She-Hulk talking about, you know, I miss you, like, all of our, like, fun nights when we used to hang out and, like, you know, just us, not Invisible Woman yeah. and She-Hulk, but just Jen. Um, so get me really out of the house. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's our homegirl. Uh, I do really like their friendship. And um, she's talking about, uh, you know, reading this, and she feels this, like, tingle from the waiter um, that is uh, taking their order at this diner. And it turns out it was an illusion. So it's been really cool to see like her invisibility powers kind of like uh, being worked with here. Um, I don't think she's ever really like started to sense like illusions and tricks and light, but before like that before, so I thought that was really cool. Um, it turned out it was a doom bot and doom was not even in this issue, but he was like really touched on a lot in here where you really feel that Ryan North really has a handle on even his character. Um, so, like, the they end up being attacked by Doombots, um, but then when the cops come, like, the Doombots stop fighting, and, uh, of course, the... Of course, Ever Curious Reed and Sue are like, you know, we need to figure this out. They end up learning that there was a Doom... There was this older woman who um, Doom used to know back when he was younger who actually like used to take care of him and like help him out after his uh, parents, after his mom and his dad died. And um, he made a promise to her that he would always like help her. So as he got older and became doom, he sent a doom bot after to watch over her. But this doom bot ended up like taking over her body after she died. But like it's, it's programming was like, it needed to protect her. So it started to like 
become her, it also started to uh, replicate itself and took over the entire town that this woman lived in because they wanted to like keep her safe. Um, and it was really like a touching moment where you realize that Doom is really one about his promises and about like fairness with people. Um, that what I thought was really cool. The Reed really does some cool stuff with his powers where he uh, like changes his face so that like he isn't being seen in, uh, by the Doom bots, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah, it was really great issue. I'm really liking the way that this has really been like a deconstruction of all the characters separately, and we're obviously going to come back together. They haven't said what Reed did, but he did something in New York, so we'll find that out later. The next mm-hmm. issue is about Always the New Human York. Torch. Okay, well, that's is. exciting. It sounds a little bit more like this issue was kind of what you wanted, and it got the girls in front. We always say, put the girls in front, UFO, good show. Yes. And she never, like, needed to, you know, one of the issues I've had with the Fantastic Four is they are introduced with some kind of problem and, you know, the rest of them distract the monster while Reed figures out how to win. And Reed is the one who ends up solving the case. Whereas in this issue, um, I mean, Sue was doing a lot of the solving the, the problems or kind of figuring things out as the, uh, the mystery went on. So I thought that was great where we saw more of her. Uh, in the forefront and not just leaning on Reed to do it all. And that's always a good thing. Love that. What yes. would you rate this issue? I would give this issue a 4 out of 5, 4.5 okay. out of 5. It was a really fantastic issue with really, really great art and great colors. Um, like I said, I really enjoyed a lot of the like invisibility stuff that was happening with Sue's power. She made herself invisible and soundproof at one point, which was really cool. Um, and I really just enjoyed the like heartfelt stuff that was going on in it with Doom and the way that the relationship between Sue and Reed was shown. Okay, very nice. Up for the Fantastic Four fans. It's up, next, y'all. <laughs> next up is Captain Marvel number 44, and that is from Kelly Thompson and Sergio de Villa. Ooh, even more goodness. This is what I mean when I talk about, like, superheroics. Um, because this was a superhero team. Um, in the last issue we had a uh, rogue who had just been turned into a brood. And we know that the brood transformation is permanent. Like there isn't any way for you to come back from it unless you have Wolverine healing. Um, in the last issue, rogue used her absorbing powers, which I've learned that only really Kelly Thompson really uses her, like <laughs> her area of effect absorbing powers. I don't think anybody else even like kind of picks up that she has those, um, but she uses them here while she's in the brood, but she didn't, she specifically didn't get any Wolverine's powers, so she didn't heal herself. But she has Lorna's powers and is a brood, so she's been, like, wreaking havoc on everyone. Carol is like, you know, it would be... Normally in the past, my dream would be to blast brood and rogue in the face. Like, these are my two greatest enemies. But I've grown, so we got to figure out another way. Gambit doesn't want to kill rogue. He was like, you know, maybe we can figure out a way for her to get some of... Uh, Wolverine's healing because I don't want to kill her. Everyone else is like, you know, we still have resurrection. Like if she, if we have to kill her, we can. Um, they try to fight. Lorna's out here doing really some really cool stuff with her powers. She makes these uh, magnetic uh, force fields for everyone in the ship so that or the people who can't breathe in space. Uh, because of course, Brood Rogue ends up breaking out into the ship, uh, blasting a hole in it. Uh, Wolverine gets sucked out into space. Lorna goes and saves her fixes up the ship really quickly and they ended up having to, you know, kill 
rogue and ends up being like like four pages of them fighting this rogue character, the brood rogue, while they formulate a plan um, to kind of figure out how they can get rogue outside of this ship and use the thrusters to kind of incinerate her. <laughs> That's exactly what they did um, because they were like, you know, we couldn't, there was no other way. Um, Carol is like, you know, I'm sorry, but binary is still out there. She called me like, I'm going to go and help her. I totally understand if y'all got to go back, but I have to keep going on with this mission. Everyone else says, you know, we're X-Men. We will continue to help you. Uh, since you helped us with rogue. We will resurrect. We'll see Rogue resurrect when we get back to Krakoa. So they all end up saying, you know, we'll go to this brood planet where we found the uh, the ship that Rogue was on, but they just used the coordinates that were on it. Backtrack, go to the planet. They all think that they won the fight. Turns out they didn't. They're like being tortured by the brood. So uh, we will see next issue <laughs> what happens there. <laughs> um what happens in that because we know that Carol, this is actually how Carol like became Captain Marvel with the powers that we know her to have now. Previously, oh, wow. you know, she had she had her Ms. Marvel powers, but after she lost them all to Rogue, uh, she was hanging out with the X-Men. She got experimented on by the brood, and that's what is unlocked the powers that we know her oh, to have now. Binary. The, the binary. And, and it was that. the white holes and all the that white stuff. Hole. Yes, yeah. I remember that because that's why I used to be into Carol. I was like, oh, yeah. yes. <laughs> so we'll see what's gonna happen next uh with binary or where she is or if she's how she's connected to the brood here um but yeah great issue a lot of like x this feels like an x-men book yeah you know, it's kind of better than the x-men book because uh yeah. everybody's useful here like every every character out is using their powers and kind of working together as a team so uh, okay what would you rate this issue i'd give this issue a four out of five I'm excited okay. to really see it kind of hit the fans with the brood and and so Rogue is like Rogue is like dead dead. She's not going to be in She's the dead, dead. Okay. She was incinerated. We saw her <laughs> burned and <laughs> her body's gone. She dead. Poor baby. Did we, okay. Well, poor baby. You'll have to keep but me. It'd be actually be interesting when she gets resurrected because mm-hmm. her powers. Like, what powers will she have when she gets resurrected? She. Allegedly had Wonder Man's powers, but technically they were just the Ms. Marvel powers again, <laughs> because mm. she never had the rest of his powers, like with the ionic energy mm. and all that stuff. She only had the super strength oh, and the fight. I guess I haven't well, thought of Rogue hasn't been resurrected yet, has she? No, this is her oh, first time dying. Oh, that's an interesting little character beat, and she does have that miniseries coming out with Gambit, so I wonder if they'll either answer it here or if that's kind of something they're going to wait for to happen over there. Yeah. Shout out to the Rogue fans. Get something to do. Yeah. <laughs> More than before, but we're here. <laughs> All right. And our last book of the week is X-Men Red number nine, and that comes from Al Ewing and Stefano Caselli with Back on Art. And a lot of things happened, and a lot of realizations came to us from this book that I think about, that I want to like kind of get into. I know that you like to be a little up and down on Mr. Ewing sometimes. And his writing. So I was Just very be honest. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but the issue starts off. Let me tell you, when I was reading this book, I actually didn't get past the first page for like a good 10 minutes because I was laughing so hard at the data page mm-hmm. from Charles Xavier writing his notes about doing this mental surgery on Vulcan and how he's talking about, you know, I would never 
alter anybody's memories. It's the ultimate mental violation. Never in the world would I do it. And then in parentheses, unless absolutely necessary. (laughs) And I'll make a level liar. (laughs) Uh, And then it gets to the last one. And he's like, you know, I'm not a therapist. This has never been done before. I don't even know if it's possible, but I have 100% confidence I can do it. And it's going to be done completely right. And I was like, (laughs) this guy, he's great. Uh, But then we go to the scenes of them by the egg. They're preparing to resurrect Vulcan and they're noticing that something's kind of wrong. He's not hatching like people normally do. We see that he uses Mm -hmm. powers to take his own memories out of Cerebro. And we go back from to the last issue when he showed up at the council with the Shi'ar and Zandra and all of them. Vulcan's making his statement. He's using his powers. He's back. The Mad King, we see Nova, is still hanging out and around. So a big tussle comes <laughs> and we see Vulcan was actually kind of serving. I'm not going to clearing lie. it. <laughs> I see, I see you what see you what I mean, mean when you talk about it, because he was kind of giving it a little bit. When he did the thing with his powers, when he sucked the uh, gladiator strength out of him, he started shriveling up and he fell. I was like, oh, I was like, that's, yeah. that's not safe. That's kind of dangerous. He really does need to get put down. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, Vulcan kind of handles everybody. Frenzy's there. Paywalk, he does him. Knocks Richard Ryder out. He goes to burn Zandra alive. We come to find out that it was actually an image-induced sunspot, which I thought was a really cool reveal for him. And we kind of realized that Sunspot has been working his own game. Of course, we've always known that Brand was going to be messy and try and take over this game herself. And that Storm and Sunspot and Cable now with his team, who are on the other side of fighting the Orbis folks, have working to bring her down, which I thought was a nice reveal for him. And it was a cool moment to see him sitting on a throne surrounded by fire. Like, you know, I'm hotter than you, uh, Vulcan. Good moment for the Sunspot fans. Um, it's not good for Cable and his crew, though, as they are getting beat. And, you know, it also kind of makes me think of you, what you're always talking about with people who need power. Because I was like, oh, when the crew was fighting at first, they cutting people's tendons and doing all this stuff. But when these superpower guys came around and they just took Manifold out like that, I was like, oh, I was like, and then Cable was like, <laughs> Cable said the Thunderbird, he was like, oh, get your knives ready. <laughs> get your knives ready. <laughs> I That's what I mean. That. You got no power. <laughs> I was like, what are they going to do? He kind of he gagged them. <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, I see what we need. So we could have had one more person on this team. But nonetheless, thought all of that was really interesting. Um, then we cut back to Vulcan. He realized, you know, after seeing Xander was fake, he flew down to Kokoa to Xavier's place because he wanted to face him. And who is standing there ready for him? But none other than the mother herself, <laughs> Storm. Of Araco or Krakoa or Space. I don't know. Which shit, whatever her name is these days. But she's there. And so that was the end of the issue. And I will say, I thought this issue was really good. And we started by saying that I was like very satisfied. I'm a big fan of Brand. I love all the uh, things that she's been plotting. I love the way that her arc has kind of carried over from the various books. And we've seen every these things go, coming to a head. But this issue was like very frustrating for me because again, we know that the next one is going to be this big showdown. And then after that, we go into Sinzu Sinister. <laughs> Anyways, it's going to be a big <laughs> showdown. <laughs> Let's hope. Uh, <laughs> I really hope they, they fight each other. No, they'll, they'll, they'll fight this time because they fought. If I can get a splash page one time of them fighting each other and that's it. Judgment Day. But then... Iska, she didn't actually fight. So now this one will be the fight. It's like on and off. 
It's on and off. I don't know. I hope they actually actually fight each other. I need energy blast, lightning, all of that. But I mean, regardless of however it goes, you know, it's just kind of frustrating because we're going to go straight to this event right after that. And it's like, I feel like so many things that have been built up, like the way that the councils work together, all of the stuff with the Iraqi mutants and the Great Ring, some of the stuff that was left over from S.W.O.R.D., it always kind of gets cut off right at the height of it. And then we go into this event and then it's going to go into something else. And it's like, okay, are we even going to continue on with this? Are we just going to forget about it? Are we just going to move on to the next thing? What's really going to happen with Brand? I'm sure something will happen with Brand. She stayed consistently visible in a lot of different books, but there are just a lot of other things that I'm going to be kind of sad to see leave on the cutting room floor. Mm, yeah. This issue for me was really, really good. I liked it a lot, but it also read like kind of penultimate. Like it felt like Oh, well, then the next issue was going to be the big showdown between Storm and Vulcan, and then that's like the the end of the run before whatever else is coming over in Sins of Sinister. So, um, I don't know. I wish it wasn't always kind of cut off by events, but yeah, I guess that's just that's the way it goes. Starts. I don't know. He can't yeah. say no to an event. I remember, I'll never forget when the promo tour for X-Men Red first started. And Evie was like, oh, we're not doing events. So we're going to go like, <laughs> tell our story. We're not going to be cut off. We're going to do this, this, and that. Look at it. And, and this one is literally ending for an event. <laughs> like, it's changing its whole name to something else. And I really don't think it's coming back after Storm and the Brotherhood. I don't think so either. I think we're in the process of another line-wide relaunch. I think the books that we have coming out in the next few months, we're going to have a couple mini-series. Those will kind of be like the big X books. I think everything else after this will either take its break for two months, and then we'll just go into Fall of X. Yeah, that's kind of the vibe I get as well. Um, regardless, this was still a great issue. I had a great time. I liked everybody kind of using their powers and the Agent Brand stuff coming to a head. I'm excited to see her get hers. Um, She'll yeah, find a way. I would give, She'll be fine. I'd give this issue a, a 4 out of 5. I would also 4. give 5. it a 4 out of 5. 4.5. Okay, I like that too. <laughs> yeah, but it was great. It was a really good time. I'm excited to see the final showdown of like Storm of Vulcan and how that goes. And just like also what it means for Vulcan going forward. Because baby, we can't keep bringing you back if you're just going to be crazy every time. Yeah, I'm not liking that. We got to kind of move his story forward. I didn't really need him to be like the Mad King um, so I'm hoping he gets some kind of clarity here and we get to kind of progress his story forward. Nova can also go back home. You know what? Every time he appears, I have to respect it <laughs> because like, again, Ewing, I would have done the exact same thing. Sorry. Like Wonder Man would have been right there if this were me. So I get it. Mm, not Wonder Man. <laughs> not sure he Wonder would have been right there. <laughs> Absolutely not. Not if I'm doing anything to say about it. <laughs> that brings us over to the AR Club of the Week. And uh, this week, we watched episodes 14, 15, and 16 of Wolverine and the X Men. And uh, let's see. Episode 14 started with, it was more of an, again, a Wolverine episode, because that's just Let me tell you, the name when of the When this episode started, when this episode started, I was like, is this another Wolverine episode? <laughs> and I was like, yeah. it's his like, show. And then Mystique, isn't it too? I was like, oh, they're, they're not serious right now about this. But it was, go ahead, so, continue. Mystique calls Wolverine to warn him that uh, Christy, uh, or 
um, I forget, Petra is her uh, X-Men name. I know her to be. Uh, but Christy's in danger, and she wants to go out and go and uh, help her and save her. So they go off on this mission, and they're having like flashbacks of their time with Weapon X. Um, the two of them infiltrate Weapon X, ended up fighting Maverick and Sabretooth, and just have this whole, like, this is our past stuff. I couldn't really connect with the idea of Mystique being with a man. Not really. I was just about <laughs> to ask you if you've ever been into the whole Mystique Wolverine ship. Because I know people have tried to play with that so many times and make it a thing. I even think about House of M. That was supposed to be a thing they were together. Yeah, no, I don't see that. I just, I don't At know. Mystique, Mystique for me has always just used men. She uses everybody to get what she wants. Yeah, but when it comes to like love, the way she was talking in this about Logan, like this was... Oh, the man that like saved me from this and I changed my life around and blah blah blah. The only person I ever heard talk about that about it should be is is Destiny. Yeah, it was weird. This cartoon makes a lot of weird decisions though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, choices. I mean, we also see X twenty three in this. Uh she's gonna be at, at, again, she's X twenty three at this point, so Lord Sands, relax. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's just what they called her here. Um I I don't know. The, the animation in it was fun. Again, it is Wolverine and the X-Men, so of course some of the episodes are going to be focused on him. Yeah, um, I don't know. yeah so in the next episode, in episode 15, uh, this is Mojo, where Mojo ends up taking Nightcrawler. He's like in Genosha being held in a cell, and Spiral ends up taking him, teleporting in, taking him out. And bring him to uh, Mojo, Mojo World, World, where he takes him and Scarlet Witch and put them on TV, and they have like a mind-controlled Wolverine that's like out in the woods, like fighting them and everything. Um, I thought this episode was interesting because it's always interesting to see Wanda, like with not only with mutants but with a pro like mutant fighting for you. Like, oh, yeah. you won't be hunting mutants and doing this. It's like, who is that? Wanda. <laughs> it was like, oh, they were really like, like, girl, where was the magic? Where was the power? She was, she was running around screaming for her life. I will admit, like, the MCU was the version of her that has really made me see her as a flyer or like a character that flies when they use their powers. Mm-hmm. I never really saw her as like one that flew before that. Mm-hmm. Like obviously magic characters can fly, but I don't know for her, I just never saw her as a character that when she was fighting in battles and stuff that she would I mean, take to the skies. Wanda doesn't really do much in battle though. Right. But except kind of, runaway and scream. She just kind of stays in the background until like you need <laughs> a spell or something. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but I don't think not too many magic users like fly where they're like they're flying in the battle. Strange. Strange flies. I think most float, if anything. Yeah. Or they like yeah. teleport there and then they float and then they leave again and teleport or something like that. But yeah, I can see that. But again, the MCU didn't have a lot of flyers at the time, so she had to be. That's true. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure that extra check was nice for her to get that uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the flying fee. <laughs> um, um, this episode yeah, was weird was also, Wanda though, in this. Because mostly for the Wanda parts. Um, but then it was funny because I was like, damn, Nightcrawler gets just as many solo episodes as Wolverine does. This might be his show also. 
Nightcrawler got the juice, I guess. <laughs> but again, I was interested in this episode because solely I am a Kurt Wanda believer. So I will take oh. anything with them, but I do not like Mojo. So seeing him was kind of like blah, but I also like Spiral. So it was like, uh, <laughs> very up and down here. <laughs> very up and down. All over the place. <laughs> I mean, that's fair though. I mean, Spiral and Mojo are kind of like hand in hand, and I don't like Mojo World at all. I feel like, like Mojo very... World is always kind of supposed to be the story that gives you this meta commentary on the heroes and their lives and these things like this. It's going to be this really interesting commentary, but it just never does that. It's just Mojo being dumb, and we get yeah. X babies a lot. Oh, people love those X babies. They do. They're cute. They do. Whatever. <laughs> um, I don't know. This episode was all right. I did like Scarlet Witch's powers. I thought those looked cool. Those um, the cool. animation of that. Um, I don't like what they're doing with um, Lorna's hair. She was walking around we'll in that there. little we'll, we'll back row. We'll, 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 <laughs> I was like, what is that girl doing? We'll get there. Because, um, yes, this episode also we saw Lorna, um, Wanda's younger sister here, and they had the right style, <laughs> but it's just not drawn well. You know, um, they were trying to give Lorna the, you know, the half up, half down with a ponytail in the back. But it was flat. It was just down, down. Yeah, the hairstyles on a lot of on this show aren't very, aren't very good for a lot of the characters. The design choices aren't that great. Um, for many of the characters, I also don't think a lot of things know how to do like short hair. But we'll get to that. Um, <laughs> on the next episode, uh, titled Badlands, this episode is a future episode where Professor Xavier um, is in the future. He's, like, running from Sentinels, and they are out in, like, this desert. It's Bishop. It's um, Useless Marrow. It is yeah. uh, Domino. Domino. Yeah. This is an interesting team. Um you know, Mother Star wasn't there, so but we still move. Shout out to Hellier for doing the work. He was um, definitely at least running up and making sure he could be useful in the group. He was. Uh, Shout out to the new X Men. This was their this was their era. They were yeah. out here and they were thriving. <laughs> Talk about some cameos. <laughs> they were filling them. <laughs> um, but this episode, we see also back in the present, Wolverine Forge. And uh, Shadowcat are infiltrating an MRD base to kind of inf- investigate Master Mold. And, of course, they end up getting caught. And them getting caught ends up, like, in the future, we see these Sentinels that have, like, laser claws that look like Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally thought this episode was pretty interesting because later on we see them trying to run away from the Sentinels. But there's, like, this electromagnetic area that, like, no one ventures into because nothing works there. And all of a sudden, Xavier is, like, shaking on his legs and then, like, <laughs> being picked up and flown away. Everybody runs after them. Well, not they didn't run. Hellion flies everybody after him. Turns mm-hmm. out it was Polaris. And they have her out there. She had survived Genosha, which, again, shout out to them for acknowledging her being a Genosha survivor. But I guess, like, I don't know. All the water, all the water disappeared <laughs> because they were on an island, but now that turned into a desert. And um, then she just Sister like was, was, was out there. 
<laughs> she had this haircut that looked a fool, and um, it was like when I she popped say, up at first. I was like, "Ooh, look at Lorna! She got on her little Magneto helmet. It's a good fun time." <laughs> and then when Xavier was like, "We gotta get the helmet off," or they knocked it off, and I seen that hair, I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "All right." I was like, they played in my girl's face, and I was yeah. like, after, and it was funny because only I only reacted the way I did because. After seeing her on the issue, I mean, uh, episode before this, I was like, I don't like this hair. And then to get to this episode, I was like, well, I really don't like this hair. <laughs> yeah, they don't really do hair very well in this show. Um, but shout out to Lorna, though. She was clearing everybody. They couldn't she take. She was a very powerful girl. She did what she needed to do. She had the people scared. She saved them from a massive array of sentinels. She flew off. Like, it was like all of a sudden, like 30 sentinels appear. Okay. <laughs> and she like, where they come from? Cleared the deck. She said, not today. And then she flew off and she went to do her thing. You know, how did you feel about that kind of like story arc for her? Uh, I mean, there were some choices. As a potential future. <laughs> <laughs> There were some choices that were made that I did not approve of. Uh, clearly, I wasn't a part of this. <laughs> but um, I I like that they really showed her being, like, the younger sister of Wanda and, like, the age gap between them. And I uh, did really also appreciate how powerful she was and the Genosha thing. I didn't need them to say that, like, you know, after that, she just sat there. Um, Genosha. <laughs> For, like, years, she just lived on this destroyed area of Genosha, um, Lorna would have gotten a lot more active <laughs> than just sitting there. Um, so, and, and then, like, I think uh, Xavier even made a comment about that. He was like, oh, he knew Lorna wasn't the type for war or something like that. Yeah. And it was just like, what? I was like, what? This not, <laughs> this show is not making a lot of choices. Like, this is not serious. This is no. not serious at all. No, because that's not Lorna at all. So, uh, I don't really like that part, so. But, you know, I think a lot of people actually ended up just finding out about Lorna because of this show, which really just shows you that cartoons will have a lot further of a reach than comic books do. Um, so uh, hopefully this at least turned some people on to Lorna and saw that, you know, yeah, she had a villain era. Yes. <laughs> yes. But at the end of the day, she is always going to, all of, not even at the end of the day, like her entire character always been very prudent and very powerful. So hopefully yeah, people yeah. attached onto her that way. But whatever. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, um, keep watching with us, y'all. We will be watching uh, episode 17, 18, and 19 on the next episode. Um, we're almost pretty much done with this season. Um, it's been a road. It's been a road. Um, definitely keep, let us know if you guys have any questions or comments about the show. We appreciate the tweets and everything. <laughs> you guys are funny. Um, so, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and take a break, and then we'll come right back. Cool. All right, y'all, welcome back to the <laughs> relaunch section of the show. And this week, we're going to have another topic discussion. So um, everybody knows on at DC, they are the seven main Justice League members, right? There's the Trinity with Superman, Batman, Wonder Woman. Then we've got Aquaman, um, I would say Green Lantern, Flash. And the last one is the rotating one. 
It could be Martian Manhunter. <laughs> it could be Shazam. It could be Cyborg. It could be a couple. Exactly. Of it could be Hawk. <laughs> that one kind of rotates. <laughs> <laughs> but um, those are pretty much like your tempo characters, and they're the, I guess, the flagship characters. And everyone else needs to basically be around them in order to kind of survive. Or uh, they're the characters how you end up getting pushed by being around them. So when you create a new Amazon, you're not going to put them around, you know, some random character. They're going to put them around Diana. Or, you know, if you're creating a lantern, you're not just going to put them in some random book. You're going to put them with the rest of them to really boost them up. And or you'll have the original one be the one that's training them or something. They're going to be around. Um, so bringing that over to the Marvel side, I wondered, do you think that there are these like tentpole flagship characters that characters have to kind of be around or be under in order to kind of be a, a successful character? I can name a few, but do you mm-hmm. think that's kind of a common thing at at Marvel? Yes and no. I think it happens with a certain amount of characters who have, like, had that staying power, like a Spider-Man, a Wolverine. You always kind of want them guest appearing and things. But I think about, like, a Black Panther. I don't necessarily think you need Black Panther in a book to make it more profitable or, like, boost it up. But you could have anybody from the nation of Wakanda as a whole. You could have an Okoye. You could have an Akia. You could have another Dora Milaje, as long as you just represented that. Um after that, I just think it's whoever's in the MCU at the time. <laughs> the MCU really got that kind of power. That is wild. Um, because I was going to say, like, if I created a new superhero, mm-hmm. would my first option be to put them near Wolverine? Or would it be to just make them a character and just go and hope that the people fall in love with them? Um, it would be to put them with Wolverine, as I think we've seen. Although I do think it's interesting... Um, when you think about characters who are getting those type of miniseries, those with team-ups ones, people always used to get, like, a Miss Marvel and Wolverine, a Spider-Man and Hulk or whoever in Daredevil. You look at the characters who are getting them now, it's Miss Marvel. It's Moon Girl. It's Venom. Miles. It's Miles. Um, And so I think that's really interesting in the sense of, is it more so the brand of the character or the character themselves? Like, we can have a bunch of Spider-Man, so it's like, can you do this every few decades? just introducing the spider character who can eventually take off and then become the new thing or the new tentpole? Or do you still have to kind of keep it in the basis of like, oh, it's Peter actually. And he has to be the one who is in every book. Mm. Hmm. I wonder if it's just probably depending on the type of mantle that these tempo characters have. With Spider-Man, like he is completely covered and a, a part of his whole thing is like anybody could be underneath the mask so that you can kind of always just create mm-hmm. more and more of those characters. Um, it's just kind of use them to to prop up the main one or just to be kind of different than the, than the main one. Um, that, that becomes easier when you can just create a bunch of Spider-Man. It's kind of harder to make a bunch of, you know, yeah. Ms. Marvels. But I guess you can or can. But I mean, again, it's just kind of like the luck of the draw with characters because you look at somebody like Miss Marvel who jumped off again, Miles jumped off. Um, Riri, she didn't really seem to pop as much as she did when she first came out. However, you look at the MCU now, I'm pretty sure that's going to give her a second life. She got a show. She has a show coming out. And so are they going to start putting in the effort to really make her comics work and make her a bigger character with a bigger rogues gallery and things of that nature? It's 
which one are you going to kind of go with more? Are you going to just create it and waste your turn until they can get up there? Or are you going to not? Because again, this isn't a problem DC has. It's always going to be Diana, Arthur, Clark, Hal, Barry, you know what I'm saying. With Marvel, even like something like the X-Men. Wolverine is a really popular character, a part of the X-Men, so you could put the X-Men in it, but also you could just use Wolverine as that stand-in for them. So you don't need everybody else. And even if you have everybody else, you're probably going to use Storm and Cyclops. I mean, that's the, all you really need, really. They're the, the sellers. That's wild. But I think it's... Um... It's so interesting that I guess you're right. It is like Marvel is more of like a free for all and it's good luck to anybody over there because since they are more of the the universe outside of your window, whereas like DC is like a pantheon of characters, um, it's easier for them to have like the the corners where it's like, all right, you're in the Bat fam or you're in the Superman fam or whatever. Whereas at Marvel, it's uh, your brand is just popular enough to kind of make you this kind of yeah. tentpole thing. Um, some characters have it harder than others because when you're created and you're like already a part of a brand like the X-Men, it's harder for you to become like even more popular or become one of those simple characters because you're competing with like everybody else. Yeah, um, I also think like it, it makes it a little bit easier for the seven. I don't know, I could just be saying this because they're all kind of set up to be older when you first mm. meet them. So their whole story is about like all the generations after them trying to aspire and just kind of be them, but they can't. It's like, oh no, they've already been doing this for so long. They can't really be replaced, quote unquote, even though they should be, but. <laughs> it's hard to replace them. Uh, they always end up getting, maybe it's my own nostalgia thinking, but they always have the good stuff. And then like, uh, I feel like a lot of the newer characters, they'll never get like great, great cracks at like the comics anyway. It's always waiting until they're like appearing in something else for them to really become a bigger mm-hmm. thing. You know? Yeah. I get it. Um, it's wild. All right, y'all. But that's what I want to talk about. I want to know what you guys think. Let us know. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Another Relaunch. You can email us, whatever you guys want, at anotherrelaunch at gmail.com. You can find me on most social media platforms at UncannyLZ. Keenan, where can they find you? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Keenan Lance. As always, there's an underscore at the end. Boom. All right, y'all, let's get up out of here. We'll catch you next week. Peace. Peace out. Peace out.